Hey, you're listening to Yo, This Can't Be Life, the podcast that aims to educate and inform Black women on how to take better care of their physical, mental, and financial health. I'm your host, Bree Montgomery, and I'm inviting you to join me as I interview resident experts to find out the cheat codes to living your best life. The information provided is intended to be general advice and should not be considered medical advice. For that, please consult your medical professional. Today, we sit with Lorna Finn, an influencer, blogger, and creator of the blog and brand systemofcurves.com. The word system was derived from the word cyst, a characteristic of PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome, a syndrome that Lorna herself suffers from. PCOS is known to attack the femininity of being a woman and more importantly makes it difficult to achieve weight loss. However, instead of letting PCOS get her down, Lorna decided to transform herself and use her syndrome as a platform for inspiration and motivation for others. As an advocate for chronic illness, her overall mission is to encourage everyone to love themselves enough to never quit living for their dreams, no matter the obstacle placed on her path. Her transparency and positive aura continues to keep her viewers motivated to win in life, look great while doing it, and never let the word no be their final answer to achieving their goals. This time, I'd like to go ahead and welcome Lorna Finn to the show. Hey, everybody. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your journey in becoming a health advocate? Absolutely. So my name is Lorna Finn. I am a blogger slash model um, and owner of the brand System of Curves, which system is spelled C-Y-S-T-U-M. And that was mainly because of having PCOS. Um, What kind of started me on this journey to where I am now is growing up, I never understood why I couldn't lose weight, why I was growing facial hair. And around 13, my period mysteriously wasn't regular. And, you know, back then, you know, 20 something years ago, PCOS wasn't really a thing. And so my mom didn't know what to do. We would go to the doctor. They put me on birth control just because, you know, they were like, oh, well, that helps, which it kind of made my issues worse, but I'll get into that later. Um, but again, like my hair wouldn't grow. My skin was dry. I had this little, you know, people like to call it fupa now, but I had a little kangaroo pouch as a younger girl. And, you know, that made me insecure coming through, you know, an era where being plus size wasn't as desirable as it kind of seems like it is today. We still have headways with that, but, you know, I was kind of insecure about it, but what really set the tone for me was when I turned 23 years old, I thought I was having a regular period and then I just didn't stop bleeding for about six months to the point to where mm-hmm. I almost needed a blood transfusion. I bled through all of my pants, all of my underwear, I had to buy new sets of underwear, I had to start buying new pants because it, it wasn't just a little blood. It was like no pads could hold it, no tampons could hold it. And again, doctors didn't know what to do. So here I am thinking, I have cancer, I'm dying, Um, me and my mom are scared because we're not really sure what's going on. And one day it finally stopped, shortly after my graduation from undergrad. And when I moved back home, 
I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go get my annual. And I was going to go back to my childhood um, gynecologist who happened to be an Indian woman named Dr. Desai or Desai, excuse me. And when I came into the room, she was like, you know, I want to test you for PCOS. And I was like, well, why? She was like, I physically looking at you and then going through what your chart is saying and what you're telling me, I want to test you for PCOS. And then when we went and got tested, turns out I had it. So mm. that explains so many other issues that I had um, growing up. But then what led me really to advocacy is after I moved from her was finding the right doctors to understand the struggle and not just give me some templated book language about how to manage PCOS. A lot of people don't know that, you know, those that go to medical school, there is like, and a doctor told me this straight up, maybe five pages on PCOS. It's very wow. generic. It's very vague. A lot of doctors, unless they want to specialize in endocrinology and women's um, reproductive ailments and chronic illnesses, they're going to just throw your textbook treatment at you. And when I look back on my charts, I was always pre-diabetic. No one ever took the time to like explain to me that I was pre-diabetic. They just kept saying insulin resistant, put me on metformin. My body doesn't do well with metformin. Like I literally cannot mm. digest it, but I was trying to take it because I was just like, okay, well I'm insulin resistant. Not really sure what that means. But when I started looking into my blood work, it's like my A1C was already at 5.8 at 23. It was wow. six, you know, by, by the time I was 27, but no one's telling me anything about this part. I'm getting these metabolic panels. You have me on birth control, which again, sent me to the emergency room. And I put that on my um, blog. And after going through all of that, I just started to do research. Once I became diabetic on top of having PCOS, I decided to start doing research because I'm just like, this can't be the result of everyone who gets PCOS. Mm -hmm. I know that I have the insulin resistant type, but I'm like, I felt like my doctors failed me because I put too much trust in them giving me the healthcare plan okay. that I thought that was, you know, suitable instead of really listening to my body and really advocating and finding the resources that I needed to really thrive. So now, unfortunately, it's a blessing in disguise, but unfortunately, I had to get diabetes to understand that there are ways to prevent getting to this point um, yeah. with PCOS. And then going through the whole, oh, you may not have kids, understanding that there's a way to increase your chances to have kids. So it just kind of made me a nerd about my body. And I felt like you know, as I grew out of the shame of everything I was going through, that it was important for me to give a voice to other women who may not be as strong enough to be public about it, but still want to know more about themselves in that space. So that's kind of what led me to the path of being more public, because I really wanted to not have another young lady end up in my position, having these cis ruptures, becoming diabetic, you know, not knowing how to help treat her body to get prepared for pregnancy, all of those things. Right. I definitely want to thank you for stepping up because you're right. A lot of people are silently 
um, in shame or just trying to figure it out on their own. But to navigate those roads, those unfamiliar roads, kind of become your own expert and then share those tips and resources with others is just absolutely phenomenal. Um, And I definitely commend you for that because it's very hard to do, uh, especially with the kind of symptoms that you had and, you know, the disease in general. Absolutely. And I think that that's the other caveat to it. Women's illnesses are never taken as serious. And I don't know why that is. And that's across the board. And then you add a brown body and then immediately, you know, dismiss your symptoms as, uh, oh, well, it's okay. You know, I don't know, you might be all right. Or, you know, they just kind of glaze over it as if you're making it up. So that was the other hard part about yeah, a doctor to listen. It's just like, you can't just tell someone with PCOS, all right, well, eat less and lose weight. Because if they don't know what they're not supposed to be eating, right, right, they're never going to lose weight. Like, you can't go on Weight Watchers. That Weight Watchers is all carbs. Right, exactly, exactly. And that's, <laughs> that's um, one of the reoccurring themes that I'm hearing and seeing uh, when I talk to people about these types of things is that people are not really telling you the how. And importantly, they're not telling you what not to do. Because I think that because it's a difference um, and you were talking about the insulin and everything like that, like you said, the the common, basic, uh, even American standard diet that they would suggest would not necessarily benefit you. And doctors or whoever need to make sure to inform people of that because you wouldn't know that, that you need to not do what everybody else is doing. And you need to, and you need to tell them why also, because that's a big thing. Cause sometimes doctors will just say, Hey, do this, but they're not telling you the why and without the why, you know, you're, you're maybe not going to be motivated to do it the way that you should. And, and in turn, you may not be able to prevent something that could have been prevented, like you were talking about before. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So for those of us who are not as familiar with PCOS, can you kind of give us an overview of what that is? Yes. So PCOS is polycystic ovarian syndrome. And essentially, in a nutshell, without getting too scientific, is it's a hormonal disorder that impacts a woman once she becomes, you know, age, I guess, Mm -hmm. um, when you start going through your changes as a woman. Once you become the age where you're going to start menstruating, it's literally like a hormonal imbalance that impacts your entire body. Um, from just your testosterone levels, your ability to lose weight, your anxiety levels, your heart, your blood pressure. And again, like I have the insulin um, resistant type of PCOS. There is one that is more so hormonal based where a woman produces more testosterone than she should. And at that point, it just really changes the course of your life to just having insomnia or not being able to rest well to again being insulin resistant and blood your sugar in your blood is high and you're eating thinking like why do I want to fall asleep every time I eat why do I gain weight rapidly but I can't lose it 
mm-hmm. all the way down to some women have the physical characteristics of the cystic belly or the extreme facial hair. And the funny thing about PCOS is they didn't know what to call it centuries ago. Um, but like the bearded woman was probably a woman who suffered from PCOS. Wow. Um, and a lot of times, um, even the way my doctor was able to diagnose it is that women in India suffer from it in the highest um, percentage. So she was familiar with it because it was something that she dealt with in her country. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a it's an endocrine disorder that can lead to a lot of other chronic illnesses if not treated correctly. Um, because it really impacts your entire system. And I think that that's another topic that we don't really discuss as much as endocrinology. Like we know about right. our cancers, you know, diabetes is probably the only endocrinology el- you know, illness that people are aware of, but we don't talk about metabolic syndrome. We don't talk about thyroid issues or other things where the thyroid is like the epicenter of how your body functions. Right, right. People don't realize that. But, you know, they focus on the life-ending, you know, diseases more. Like, you know, oh, you die of cancer more than likely or heart attacks and things. But they never think about some of that's caused by endocrinology issues and right. your body being out of whack or Cushing syndrome and things like that that are, a result of endocrine issues so again not to blabber on about that but that's why I started advocating because I'm like you guys need to pay attention that like this area of your life is so essential that Mm -hmm. if you do well by yourself in these areas it may prevent you from getting hypertension in the future it may prevent you from being you know in that sickly population by 35, 40, where you're suffering from a stroke or a heart attack or any type of hardening arteries or things of that nature, just based on knowing how to read your blood work. Right, right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you've built quite a platform in doing so. Mm-hmm. How did you first start to kind of branch out? Like, what vehicles did you use to start telling the masses? about what you were going through, what PCOS was, and like, what did you use to start being able to connect with other people? Well, I will be honest, my first way of building, I always knew I wanted to begin talking about PCOS, but when I started, I just started plus-size modeling and Mm -hmm. doing fashion and blogging to grab every to grab people's attention because and that's a whole other caveat of a space where women like to see themselves in a more positive way or be inspired to be more confident in their you know outfit choices or just you know being bold being confident so I use that doorway to kind of build the audience to then become more vulnerable about okay this is what I'm going through Because it kind of connected, you know, a lot of people like to believe that you're plus size because you eat a lot. You're Mm -hmm. plus size because you're lazy. You're plus size because you don't care about your health, but they never consider that some of us have health conditions that make it very difficult to be slim, which is PCOS. So I knew that I was kind of like building towards becoming an advocate for PCOS, but I was like, I have to like at least grab the attention of enough women first. Um, that was just my methodology. So I utilized Instagram. 
I traveled a lot to a lot of different events that were um, focused on women, women's health, women's fashion, networked a lot, and just remained consistent between my blog and between um, my social platforms, between my Facebook page um, and my Instagram page. And once I got to a certain um, growth rate, I started opening up more about my lifestyle and the things that I dealt with. And then that kind of catapulted me. I didn't realize how many women were suffering in silence with PCOS. And so it kind of just started booming after that because so many women needed relatability. They needed to feel like someone understood their struggle. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of just kept me going. And so now I kind of have a hybrid of how I do things. I never will lose the fashion piece because I feel like because you have a chronic illness, it's even more, you know, essential that you find ways to love yourself and to feel confident and beautiful because you don't really feel like that every day. Um, You go through a lot more than people actually see because you might look healthy on the outside, but you're really going through things. So I I never want to lose that piece where I show people that I'm taking care of myself and still out here feeling beautiful going to make it a better day, even if I don't necessarily believe in making it a better day, I'm going to do it, but also educate so that the whole lifestyle of a whole woman is seen that even though I look good, I may not be good today. Even though I may look gorgeous to you, doesn't mean I didn't just battle a whole acne battle last month because my hormones with PCOS were extreme or I haven't slept in three days because I'm suffering from the insomnia Mm. even though I look pretty I I take a very strong stance at social media being a doorway of realness I know Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't believe in that at times because you can just paint whatever reality you want a lot of people paint fictitious pictures but I like to give a snapshot because I feel like the only way I'm going to build genuine relationships is giving my giving people my authentic self yes so that's what kind of like led me there and it's worked because I feel like people have gravitated to my page and to my platform because they feel a level of authenticity Mm -hmm. and a place where they can express themselves openly and know that I'm not going to give them some, you know, sugar-coated, you know, shrink wrap, commercialized response. I'm going to give the real and I'm going to talk to you like everyone's my sister or my family member or my close cousin. Because I think it's important as women that we have that type of safe space in one another, even though it's social media, I enjoy that. So it kind of keeps me growing because I it seems like women enjoy that too. Yes, absolutely. You're definitely correct about that. So I I noticed that um, you were talking about all these prescription drugs that the doctors were trying to just throw at you instead of trying to get to the root cause of the issue. Did Mm -hmm. doctors ever try to tell you about non-prescriptive ways to attack your disease? No. And that's what led me to doing it. Um, Because... Doctors, again, with PCOS, until you find the right resources, which I'm so thankful for uh, PCOSAA, um, PCOSAA.org, because they had, you know, a listserv of doctors who specialized 
and PCOS, which is how I found my endocrinologist, which I love her. Um, but before her, I started researching because I'm just like, this medicine's not working. I'm not losing any weight. I feel horrible. My hair is falling out. My cramps are excruciating. Um, my, th- my calf muscle got so big one time they thought I was clotting. Wow. And that's when I was on birth control. So I was like, there's got to be other things that assist with PCOS. And once I started researching and reaching out, I started seeing, okay, the deficiencies that we have in the vitamins. I need to make sure I have this type of nutrient, you know, nutritional system Mm -hmm. going on, this type of supplement system going on. Um, There were other items out there like, um, I think it's called Ovisitol. There's Smooth, there's VitaChic, where they are proprietary um, supplements Mm -hmm. directly made for women who suffer from fertility issues and PCOS and hormonal issues. So once I started really researching that and like CMOS and just different effects that having the right supplements and the right diet Mm -hmm. has on your gut health and your overall chronic illness, I started seeing better results. But I had to do that. There was no doctor who was giving me anything but prescription drugs. I even had a doctor put me on Phenermine. I don't know if anybody knows what that is, but it's a diet pill. I didn't know what it was when I took it. Wow. Yeah, to lose weight quickly. And then, of course, after the weight bounced back, because you can't take Phenermine for a long period of time, causes heart issues. And then I realized that it's a form of speed. Whoa. Wow. No way. Yeah. It's like a medically um, allowable form of speed. So I don't know if you remember back in the day, there was that huge diet craze. Diet oh, yes. Yes. Was it like the late 90s, early 2000s? Yes. Yes. yes I do remember that. They had to ban it because of the health risk and because it had like speed in it. It was not, you know what I mean? And so now they made it, they broke it down to where it can be prescribed medically for a short period of time. Me not knowing that at first, I'm like, okay, whatever, I'll take, you know, whatever's going to help me, help me lose weight. And I lost weight quickly. And then it came back because I was like, okay, well, I need the pill again. He's like, oh, no, I can't give it to you anymore. Um, You can only take it for a short time period. I was like, oh, okay. Then he's like, well, since you didn't lose the amount of weight that I thought you would, um, now we can start, you know, discussing weight loss surgery. I was like, okay. Okay. You know, but then I started researching weight loss surgery and PCOS. And then I started researching the thinner mind and I discovered, I'm like, oh, you're not really here treating my condition. Right. Exactly. (laughs) You're just doing whatever at this point. You're not really listening to what I'm going through or looking at my blood work. Like, Hey, your vitamin D deficiency is really bad. So is your vitamin B12. We might need to knock this out or even looking at my insulin numbers. Right. Because if he was looking at my insulin numbers, right. I would have been on diabetic medication even before I had diabetes to get myself out of the pre-diabetic range. My new endocrine told me, she was like, unfortunately, a lot of people don't treat that. They don't treat PCOS correctly. She was like, a woman like you who's pre-diabetic, they should have put you on a diabetes medication. It didn't have to be insulin because that doesn't help insulin resistance, but there were other drugs that they could have given you 
that would have helped you get the sugar out your blood, which would have helped you lose weight because sugar turns to fat. And yeah, so it's very important that you find a doctor that cares. Absolutely. Um, Otherwise, you'll just be taking medication after medication that may not even help you with anything. So I think you kind of mentioned a little bit, um, but what types of supplements have you found to be effective? So I have found that turmeric, um, I think it's called ashwanda root. Yes. We Um, actually had somebody talking about that one last um, episode with the adaptogens. Yes. Yes. It's super, super, super important. Your vitamin Bs are excessively important because women with PCOS, believe it or not, are super deficient in vitamin B. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the reason why we have such a difficulty getting pregnant. I tell women all the time that if you aren't planning to be a mother, that's fine, but definitely get you a prenatal vitamin because you have deficiencies. So you need to have a prenatal just to get all of that type of nutrients in your system so that when you do get pregnant, your body's already used to having certain um, nutrients in, Mm -hmm. but um, turmeric, um, I actually can, I think there's one called uh, Berba, let me see, Berba Mine. I may be saying it wrong, but it's good for blood sugar. So if you're insulin resistant, then it's definitely something that you need on your list because it helps you metabolize blood sugar along with the B vitamins. Right. Vitamin has been, yeah, it's called Berba Mine. Um, Vita Chic has been extremely helpful as well. One that people don't talk about is magnesium mm-hmm. glycinate. That one has been really, really helpful as well. Water, your green teas, your spearmint tea helps with the um, hair growth. Um, so I always drink a couple, a couple of cups of spearmint tea a day. Mm, um, okay. Just to keep my hair growth down because I do grow hair in places that are not flattering for women. Mm -hmm. But I found out that's because when you're insulin resistant, it messes with your hormonal system. Even though you don't have a hormonal imbalance, it mimics like you do when you have sugar in your blood. So I was like, Oh, well, let me get on that. Um, Exactly. And just honestly, the low carbing is super essential. Okay. It doesn't mean that you can't have any bread, but definitely watching your carb intake is going to help you. And I really, I love CMOS. CMOS has been so good for my gut health because a lot of women with PCOS suffer from IBS and they don't mm-hmm. know that. And that's what leads to them having the guts and the um, cystic bellies more prominent because we don't digest food well. And so CMOS has really, really helped with my gut health. But if you can't take the taste, a very, very good probiotic is is key. Um, and those have been it so far. But I put a lot of information on my blog with just different things that I've tried, different recipes that I have whipped up that are good for PCOS, like bone broth and things that have, you know, healing properties 
really satiate you nutritionally without being fatty, you know? So it's really about what you intake. And I think that's a lot of illnesses though, to be honest, Mm -hmm. your gut Mm -hmm. health is super important and the way you supplement. Um, Another thing that a lot of people with PCOS don't realize is progesterone is low with women with PCOS. And that's what causes all the miscarriages. So as soon as you know that you're pregnant, nine times out of 10, you're going to have to be on a progesterone supplement. Or I guess, I think you have to inject it, but you have to usually be on it in order to maintain past that first trimester. Otherwise, your body tends to attack the baby instead of recognizing that, you know, it's a part of you and it's a positive thing when you have PCOS. And that's why we have a lot of miscarriages. And I learned that, again, through advocating and meeting other women who are in this space. Oh, okay. Wow. Mm. Because back in the day, they would just tell you, oh, you're infertile. Mm, mm, mm. They wouldn't even give you any type of plan they would just be like oh well you can try IVF but more than likely you'll be infertile wow I that is so I know isn't it crazy yeah. I actually restored my period naturally wow people that like it was really due to changing my relationship with food and I mean my relationship is still not the best <laughs> okay was- we are all trying we are all trying, but I definitely had to take my gut health and the food that I was taking in more seriously. Um, and once I started doing that, I have been regular for years, knock on wood, where before oh. when I was on birth control and taking all the medications that they had me on, I would see a period every couple months. Wow. Congratulations, because that seems like a very big feat. Thank you. It is because as much as women don't want a period, when you have a condition that makes you wonder if you'll ever be a mom or if you can ovulate naturally on your own, Mm -hmm. it's almost like a badge of honor to it. Yeah, absolutely. I know you mentioned your blog. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Give us the URL, all that good stuff. Sure. So it's systemofcurves.com. And on the blog, I actually have a whole tab that says PCOS. Okay. And I have all of my posts on the blog grouped in that section that are PCOS focused. Because I'm a lifestyle blogger, I blog about more than PCOS now, mm-hmm. but primarily I blog about PCOS. And it's all in that tab. So if anyone was ever looking for anything PCOS related, they would not have to struggle to find the content. Oh, great. And I have some other posts coming up about just what to look for on your metabolic panel that will trigger if you have PCOS, making sure you're asking for that. Because a lot of women with PCOS are misdiagnosed and have thyroid issues. Wow. Yeah. And knowing what to ask the doctor about is so key. And I've even found that in my life, in my journey Mm -hmm. with chronic illness, because sometimes they'll just, like you said, they'll just tell you anything. But if you come in with the hardcore questions or the rebuttal questions and then like, oh, well, you know, and then they'll get into it and then together you'll kind of figure it out. 
But first, you know, it's like, why do I have to do that? But okay, now that I realize that that's what I need to do, then somebody needs to give me the cheat codes about (laughs) what to ask so that I can get the party started because it really does make a huge difference. It does. Um, does. Yeah. It makes such a difference because again, doctors just want to get paid because the way the healthcare system is in America, it's a luxurious industry where in other countries, it's more of a public service, literally like they're not paid these glorified salaries to treat sick people. You know what I mean? So there's more passion in other places because it's like being a teacher, Mm -hmm. you know, you're servicing your community to make sure they have health. Well, in America, unfortunately, we don't have universal health care. Health is an option. As much as people like to think that it's, you know, mandated for us to all have health care, it's really not. Because if you don't have health insurance, especially now that we have the leadership we have right now, and there's a mm-hmm. lot of things that were dismantled with the Affordable Care Act, you don't have access. And then depending on where you live, you still don't have access. Mm -hmm. And then they can turn you away. So here in America, you know, healthcare is a privilege. It's not a right. And so then if you do have the privilege, you then have the other, you know, barrier of do they care about treating me? And that's why it's so important to know, like you said, what to ask for, what you're looking for to heal yourself. Because if you don't come to the table at times with enough information to trigger their brain, that'll be a 15 to 20 minute appointment of them just giving you the stereotypical run of the mill treatment plan that doesn't help you. Yeah. 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 I mean, it is what it is. I won't say I've had some doctors that were very good in trying to help, but I will say that not all of my doctor's experiences have been good ones. And I've definitely had to fire a doctor in my day. So yeah, they're yeah. definitely, you know, some with different motives. Like I said, there, there's some good ones out there, but I agree. There are some with some different motives and they're really not trying to treat the root cause. They're just kind of pacifying the system the symptoms like okay well let's you know make it more manageable but not trying to like get rid of it which is wild to me it's crazy but when you think about the cash that's involved with the pharmaceutical you know conglomerate yeah it's almost like of course they're going to do just enough because (laughs) if they heal something then the money stops right Right. Yeah. And that's uh, sad. Very. Not everyone's like that, but you know, yeah. we've heard so many scandals behind medical malpractice and people mm-hmm. just being greedy at the expense of other people's lives. I actually, you know, I was watching, I want to say, I don't know if it was own, but they were basically talking about this doctor out in Georgia, what, like back in the 1960s or 50s, who was literally pimping out babies like he was oh, yeah. he was making women who wanted abortions go to a certain level um, yes i saw that yes that yes. and then he would make them give birth and literally ship their children away yeah and made them give barely, birth early sometimes yes and the babies like the parents would describe how the children would be barely the size of their hand and they thought that the children were abnormally small not realizing that he was aborting them 
and then destroying the birth records or, you know, falsifying them. And you think about stuff like that and you're like, wow, what other areas of our health industry has this level of heinous activity? Yeah, yeah. And for a long time. Yeah. And it happens all the time. And especially because women's health care is not seen as important. And I just say that just simply because I know for my experiences and when I talk to other women, you know, it's not taken as seriously. You know, they think, oh, women are emotional. They're always in pain, you know, or, you know, you come in with the ailments like, oh, okay. But it's not taken as seriously unless it's something that's life or death. And right. so it's so important for women to literally be in the know of their body so much so that the doctor is forced to talk to you and forced to see what's going on. Right, right, right. And and finding that right doctor is so important because like I said, there are some very good, very helpful doctors who want to do right and you just have to find them. You just unfortunately can't assume that every doctor is like that. So you just have to do a little bit more work and finding that perfect match. Absolutely. I know you mentioned a resource before. Do you have resources that, I know you mentioned one for finding doctors, but are there any other resources that you'd like to share with us for anybody who wants more information about PCOS? Yes. So the one I mentioned earlier was PCOS AA, which is the first, you know, nonprofit PCOS organization in, a, in America, their platform has so much information from doctors to um, therapy to groups where, you know, you can reach out to someone and have, you know, group sessions to just talk to someone who's going through it, who has more information, all the way down to just resources about your health and tips and tricks. Another place that I love is Healthline, an event called Chronicon, which is a literal, I don't want to just call it a celebration of chronic illness, if you will, but it is a conference that's dedicated to chronic illnesses that's put on by Healthline. And there's phenomenal resources there if you go to chronicon.com from their speakers and see what they're planning and podcasts that happen. There's another podcast that I love called Uninvisible Pod, which is dedicated to uninvisible to invisible illnesses, where she, her name is Lauren Friedman, and she's out in California, where she literally also, you know, gives a lot of health information. She okay. does a lot of interviews with doctors and a lot of interviews with experts in different chronic illness conditions outside of PCOS, where women can, and men can literally learn more about themselves. There's a an actual group in DC that runs PCOS Advocacy Day. And I'm trying to remember the name, PCOS Challenge, that's their name. And every year they go to Congress, they meet with congressmen to get and advocate for more PCOS funding. Their platform has a lot of information on it. And there's just, there's a lot of influencers actually that are now budding and a lot of nutritionists who are dedicating themselves to helping women with um, reproductive issues and endocrine issues like PCOS. There's PCOS Diet Diva. There's there's just 
so many. Well, uh, that is wonderful. Yeah. That that is starting to be a thing where there's plenty of resources versus when you first started and struggled to find some. It is. And the, the thing is, they've kind of emerged over the last three years. So okay. I've, had, I've known I've had PCOS for 11 years. Okay. So those first, you know, eight or nine years were definitely different. And there wasn't a lot of publications, but even NIH, the National Institutes of Health are running a lot of studies now Mm -hmm. on women with PCOS. So even if you go to their manuscripts and look at the results of some of their testing, you'll find out a lot of information about how PCOS is, you know, mutated, what new findings they're discovering, how other treatment plans may help, you know, and go from there. And I forgot to mention I use inositol. I forgot to mention that earlier <laughs> for the supplement. But oh, if no problem. Just looking for anything to add to a smoothie, then Smooth um, is one of the supplements that I use, and it's essentially flavorless, but it helps give you that normalcy and hormonal balance, and it boosts your ovarian health. So you start producing, you know, healthier follicles and Ooh, nice. yeah. So it's definitely good for your egg quality because that's very important with PCOS is good egg quality. Which yeah. Is reason I... Why women struggle to get pregnant because the egg quality is poor. It's crazy how all of that. Yeah. It just all kind of goes together. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I think that's all that I had. Did you have anything else you wanted to add? Only thing I want to add is if you're listening to this to really, 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 if you don't follow me to find out about PCOS, make sure that you're not silent about it and get the help that you need for your daughters. It typically starts around ages 11 through 15 to make sure that you are getting help for you so that you can feel better about your health outcome. Reach out to someone. You're not alone. Chances are there's someone in your life because it happens to one out of every 10 women. There's someone in your life with PCOS that's looking to have a safe space to confide into. Just know that you don't have to do it by yourself and that there are people out here that love and support you through all of what you're going through. For people who do want to follow you, like on social media, can you tell us a little bit about where where you are on those, how to find you? Absolutely. So on Instagram, I'm System of Curves. Again, that's C-Y-S-T-U-M of Curves. And then that's the same name for my blog. So it's systemofcurves.com. On Twitter, I am She Goes by Lolo. And you can find me there. And those are really my three platforms. I also, I mean, fashion-wise, I'm on Like to Know It. But you'll be able to see that through my System of Curves Instagram. But I'm System of Curves on the Like to Know It app as well. Okay, great. I kind of try to keep it all simple for people. (laughs) Right, right, right. Because there's so many things out here. Mm-hmm. But I think once you get plugged into one place, we'll probably be able to get links and stuff to the other stuff, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I keep most things on, if you click the link in my bio on Instagram, I okay. have most of my platforms linked okay. in my bio, yeah. 
All right. Well, I would really like to thank you for coming on. I know I learned so much and I know that others who may be going through something, they might be having some of these beginning symptoms that you had and didn't know what to do with that information. And I hope that they're able to find some help now with this additional information. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I always appreciate, you know, being able to share my journey with others to see if it'll help someone else along their way. So I appreciate you for giving me the opportunity. Well, all right. I think what we've come to the conclusion is that you need to be your own best health advocate. You need to do the research. You need to understand your body. You need to bring all of these things with you to your appointments so that together you and your medical professionals could come up with the best solution for you and that make sure that you are all on the same page. Again, to keep up with Lorna, go to www.systemofcurves.com or follow her on the social media. Um, on Instagram, she's at Custom of Curves. On Twitter, she's at She Goes by Lolo. And on Facebook, you'll find her under Plus Model Lorna Finn. Of course, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Yo This Can't Be Life. Or you can email Bree at YoThisCan'tBeLife.com. Please consider leaving us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts as this really helps the show. And also share with your friends, share while you're listening on social media so that more people can find out about us. Until next time.